Hi, and welcome to the Joyful Weight Loss Podcast. If you're tired of yo-yo dieting and want to learn how to permanently lose the weight in a way that it's simple, easy, and fun, you are in the right place because I can teach you how. I am your host, Chris Berlingeri, MD. Come on, let's go. Hello, my friends. How are you? Welcome back to the podcast. I am seriously so happy that you are here. I want to thank you for all your comments of encouragement, your um, whenever you tell me that this has been so helpful or a particular episode, you listened exactly at the moment that you needed to, like seriously means the world to me. And, you know, I had the goal of having at least 50 ratings by the end of January. We did not make it. I did have more. So I want to thank each one of you who went ahead and rated the podcast. And if you haven't done so, can you please just press pause right now? I'll be here waiting. Don't worry. I'll be here. Press pause right now and go and rate it, please. Because the more ratings we have and reviews, like if you're enjoying it, just take a second to write a sentence about it. If you're not liking it, then it's okay. But the more ratings and review the podcast has, the easier it is for other people to find it. And if you're getting help from this, why not allow others to find this podcast and receive help as well? So go ahead, press pause, rate it. I'll be here. Did you go? Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know we can meet that goal of 50 by the end of February. We have a whole other month to get to this goal. And you know me, I'm a goal-oriented junkie. So let's do this. Partner with me in helping other people finding this podcast, but going and reviewing it, rating it and reviewing it. Okay, so this episode, this episode is kind of like inspired by, this is the first podcast episode of the month of February. And, you know, in February, we celebrate Valentine's Day. So this is um, your love affair with food or the love affair that we have with food. And it's kind of like being an affair to record this podcast. I will not lie to you. I, you know, my friend David or dude, how we call him, um, he's the one who helps me edit this podcast and upload it, uploads it. And he's amazing. Shout out to David again. Dude, you're awesome. And I'm recording this podcast less than 24 hours before it releases. So he's probably not very happy with me right now. But I adore you, dude. I'm so thankful for you. And it's because I've recorded this podcast a couple of times. And let's see if this is the version that makes it. And again, it's just... It means a lot to me. I get vulnerable here. I get very candid and honest. And for me, what I'm going to be talking about, it's been a very helpful analogy to explain my own relationship with food. And it has been helpful to some of my friends and colleagues, coaching colleagues, and they have encouraged me to do this. So I just really hope it's helpful for you. And that you can relate to it in some way or another. And I would love to hear your um, comments about it or if you have any questions. Okay, so 
I want to start by asking if you have noticed your food language. You know, many of us, myself included, we're like, oh, I just love food. I just love chips and queso. The cookies in the counter are calling my name. I would not be able to live without having chocolate or cheese in my case. I would just die if I don't have my coffee. I remember um, about two years ago, I had severe abdominal pain and it took me to the ER. And long story short, I went to the GI doctor and he was asking me a couple of questions. And one of them is how much coffee I had. And I'm like, well, in the morning I have my triple espresso at home. And then like before I get to the office, Um, I have a venti americano and then around mid-morning I have another venti americano and then by noon and he stopped me. He's like, no, <gasps> that's so much coffee. And I'm like, wait, I'm not even halfway done. Don't you want to hear it all? It's like, no, you need to stop. And guys, I'm not lying. My eyes got teary. I'm like, what? I cannot live without coffee. So anyway, like, have you really stopped to examine The way you talk about food, the way you refer um, to food. Have you ever considered if the way you talk or think about foods, is it in a way that helps you achieve your weight goals? Because sometimes this, this kind of conversation or thoughts that we have about food is not that empowering. It puts us kind of like in this victim mode, like we are controlled by the food and we have like really not much to do. Like we're just at the mercy of food, controlled by it. And I myself really like to be in an empowered position. I like to think that I have control because I do have control. And I know as humans, we need food to survive. That's a fact. But it is up to us to decide the type of relationship that we want with food, particularly with foods that if you're honest with yourself, it doesn't really love you back. And I want you to think when you were a teenager. During the teenage years, when our hormones are spiking like crazy, we make really bad dating choices. I mean, I don't know if you did not make a bad dating choice. And if you didn't, maybe you know someone who did, a friend, a family member, somebody close to you who just dated a person that it was obvious it was not healthy for them. Maybe the boyfriend would ignore us, treat us meanly, or even cheat on us, but we just chose to remain blind to it. No matter what other people would tell us, your mom, family members, friends, we would just defend them, justify them, just because we wanted to remain blind. Also, Teenagers are known to expose themselves to riskier behaviors when they are in relationships. And because of the shame that, excuse me, that they may feel if they're engaging in intimacy with their partners, they may not buy condoms or other precautions against diseases. And females, again, because of the shame, may not get evaluated timely by a gynecologist if they start getting intimate with their boyfriend. And this results in not appropriate medical care in the case of any disease that may result. So it's like we are still engaging in a behavior that doesn't serve us, but because of the shame and judgment, despite having some possible brief moments of pleasure, 
you do not engage in full enjoyment and you put yourself more at risk for harm because you don't protect yourself. And again, we may be putting up with a lousy boyfriend because we think they are cute or just because we don't want to be alone or we just want to be cool. We may be so infatuated with this person that we don't even realize they may be, they may be mistreating us. And we tell ourselves how much we just love them, how we would just die if we would break up with them. And I'm going to tell you an example, like from my own life, a real example. My first boyfriend, like quote unquote, my first like real boyfriend, it was during my junior and senior um, high school years. And we were together for two years, which in teenage years is like 25 years. <laughs> He, wrote, he ended up breaking up with me when he was a year older than I was. So I was a senior and he was a freshman in college when he broke up with me because he found out, he realized that he liked men. Imagine that happening to you as a senior in high school. I was devastated. But again, I just held on to the belief that I just needed him, that I needed him like I needed air. And just FYI, when you need something like that, quote unquote, it's really the opposite of true love because true love is freeing, not controlling. But anyways, here I was desperate to continue on um, being involved with him in one way or another. And because I was so reluctant to the idea of not having him around, guess what I did? I started hanging out with him and his friends. I would ha hang out at gay clubs and places just to be around him. And yes, he started dating other people, but guess how many dates I got during that time? Exactly. Zero. Because when we're focused on what's unavailable to us, we completely miss out on all the amazing options that are accessible to us. We are just blind to all the possibilities. And if we're honest with ourselves, we realize that we actually don't even love this person like we think we do. We may love the idea of a relationship with them. We, we may love the fantasy that we may have about that person. Or maybe their relationship is just a distraction from your actual life. And this is what happens with food. We get all tangled up in this love affair with foods that don't serve us. We keep telling ourselves a story that we just love those foods and how we cannot live without them. But in reality, those foods are just distractions. They distract us from the possible dissatisfaction with our current jobs, our troubled relationship with our parents, or maybe as a distraction from mom guilt. And while we are just distracted with those foods that really don't serve us, we miss out on the whole buffet, the whole display of other amazing foods that are available to us, that will serve us. And it is not until we start loving ourselves enough and be compassionate with ourselves that we can then um, drop the shame because we need compassion to drop the shame. And then we need to drop the shame in order to be willing to be honest with ourselves about how those foods really feel in our body. How, how, um, how, however, you stop to just really feel and see and pause 
How does foods feel in your body? I call that the gift of the pause. Just pause and be present with that food and your body. And sometimes what can happen then, going back to the painful boyfriend situation, we may then kind of like react against that paradigm and then engage in a romantic relationship with someone who is quote-unquote a good person, but we really don't feel very much attracted to them. We don't feel like we are in love with them. We are with them just because we are afraid of getting our feelings hurt. We are with them because it's the comfort, like the other side of the comfort zone. We feel safe. But then we feel at the same time restricted and trapped. And we may find ourselves in the situation that we then become the person who may cheat on them. Again, because we feel trapped and we feel restricted. And again, this is what happens when we restrict our diets and start eliminating food groups completely just because we are afraid of overeating them. But then guess what happens? We willpower ourselves from not eating those foods only to find ourselves anyways overeating them because willpower can only go for that long. And I'm not talking here about eliminating gluten or dairy because it really harms you and you notice that it harms you. No, that decision would come from self-love. What I'm talking about here is deciding on going on a very restrictive diet because you feel like you cannot trust yourself with eating um, like normally, quote unquote, or from all food groups. Or like restricting yourself from going out to restaurants or other social situations just because you cannot trust yourself with food. And this is the reason why you may find that those diets that you do do not last long. That's the reason why you may start something fresh, a new diet on Monday, and then forgetting all about it by Thursday or rebelling against it. But what about when you finally meet that guy that sweeps you off your feet? What about when you finally start to be courageous and are willing to be vulnerable and start looking for other options. And you find that person that you're attracted to him. He's fun. He totally respects you. And guess what? He wants to marry you. Again, it definitely required a lot of courage and vulnerability from your part. But you were willing to go out there and figure it out. Because you realize you deserve the chance. And you get to marry with marry him very much in love. And within those boundaries of marriage, you're safe to have intimacy and connection and experiment with whatever you want within those boundaries. I remember when I met Jorge and we started dating. And I was like, what? This can happen to me? Like I can be in love with this person and have fun and have this connection? And he respects me and he treats me kindly and he's in love with me. Like I remember after we started dating seriously and we got engaged, I'm like, what if this is just a dream and I just wake up and I really haven't met a guy like him? Like I really thought it was too good to be true. true. But it was true. 
And then we got married and, you know, we celebrated two weeks ago. We celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary. But, you know, if you are married, you know that when you're married, you need to nurture their relationship. Because if you're not intentional about deciding to be in love with that person every day, you may start feeling bored. Maybe you start focusing on the negative. You start thinking, why did I even get married? You may start even thinking or be tempted to be looking to the side and start fantasizing about other men and start resenting your husband. And again, that is just a distraction, a sign, not that something is wrong with him or with you, but with your thoughts about the relationship. But when you notice that, I see that as a sign. When you start looking to the other side, when you, to, excuse me, when you start looking to the other side, that's a sign that you need to start focusing on the thoughts that you're having about that relationship, focusing on your thoughts about the other person. And it's a sign that you need to decide intentionally to focus on what you like about the person. Be intentionally grateful for that person. Make time through your day to connect with your spouse. To decide every day to choose love for that person. Love for their relationship. And the same happens when we finally find a food protocol that we love. That it's easy for us. And that aligns beautifully with our lifestyle. It could get boring with time. And whenever you get bored with your protocol, watch for the rebellion. A sign that you're starting to get bored is when you're tr- you're having feelings of wanting to escape by a binge or by overeating. If you already have a plan that works amazingly well for you, that is delicious, that is helping you achieve your goals and that it's easy and you start finding yourself wanting to escape it, Maybe it's not really about changing your protocol, but maybe it's time to work on your thoughts about it. That happened to me. I remember figuring figuring out like a food plan that was amazing that I love. You know, I love to eat. There's nothing wrong with enjoying to the fully your mealtimes and finding them delicious. I'm a foodie. So I remember... Like, I don't know, maybe it was about a year ago, a little bit over a year ago. Like I was on this routine, like I found foods that were easy, that were simple, super delicious. They helped me achieve my goals. But I started having this feeling of needing to escape. Like, oh, I just needed to escape. Like kind of like a rebellious way, kind of like um, I felt kind of like trapped in that plan. And I, you know, started tweaking it and it was just nothing would do. And then I decided to get coached on it because, yes, even us life coaches, we need our own life coach. I think every human needs a life coach because of our human brain. So I got coached and and I remember she recommended, like, what are your thoughts about your food? And I'm like, well, I don't know. I like it. <laughs> She's like, well, you don't sound too excited. And then it was just time for me not necessarily to change my food, but again, to start being very present with my food. I really, at the time of mealtimes, like be very thankful that I had foods for me available that were easy to make, quick to make, and that were delicious and that aligned with my goals. 
taking time during the day, and this may sound silly, to connect with my food and to fully enjoy it. I shared in, in a recent podcast how I take, I try to take at least one meal per day and be by myself without the distraction of the kids, without the distraction of work, just be fully present with my food. Because for me, it's important to connect with my food like that, just like I connect with my husband. Of course, it's not at the same level of importance, but it is important for me to connect with the food and enjoy it and every bite and feel how it feels in my mouth and in my body with it. It's a moment that I truly enjoy. But then be very careful to go um, to the other extreme and being so afraid of just trying other things out. And that's okay. You can experiment and try other things out between those healthy boundaries that you have established with yourself. And this is not to say that you're not ever again going to eat, you know, cookies and chips and queso. Yes, like you can find that, but if you, you find that balance, you figure that out for yourself, how often to integrate those foods in a way that feels good in your body and again, that align with your goals. And then also do yourself a favor and stop the food porn. Listen, if watching Hallmark movies makes me despise my husband and yearn for an, an unrealistic life, <laughs> I will not watch those movies. What would I do that to myself? We become what we consume, not only through our mouths, but through our other senses. We become what we consume. And I started noticing that when I would watch the Food Network, I would randomly get cravings for beef wellingtons or salted caramel cheesecake. So I just stopped watching those shows. The same with recipes. And I do own a bakery, so I look frequently for recipes. But I noticed that when I spend a certain amount of time, like when I, I devote a certain amount of time per day or per week watching like recipes on Pinterest or stuff like that, I get a lot of more desire for foods that really don't serve me. So I limit that as well. Okay? So be very jealous and protective of the things that are serving you. And keep the magic and the fun on. Experiment within the boundaries that serve you. And whenever you feel kind of like, because you're going to go through a period of grieving when you realize that certain foods don't serve you and you need to let go of that, remember right now, when you look at your husband and you're happily married, you're actually thankful that that boyfriend broke up with you when you were a teenager. Aren't you? So again, focus on the things that serve you. Watch for that language and those thoughts and that fantasy that love affair that you keep in your brain about food, is it really serving you? And if it's not, maybe it's time to develop another time of, type of conversation with food or have that conversation, but with foods that do serve you. Love yourself fiercely enough to be willing to tell yourself the truth. Have fierce compassion so you, can, so you can be honest with yourself 
in order to move forward and develop the relationship with food that you want. Because my friends, that's the key to permanent weight loss, particularly if you want it to be joyful and enjoy it fully. Because I believe that we can achieve both because I have, and I have seen my clients achieve it as well. So I know it's totally possible for you. If you have any questions, I would be so happy and honored to answer them. Any comments, send them my way. ChrisBerlingeriMD.com forward slash podcast. I'll wait you there. See you next time. Bye-bye. Hey, thank you for joining me today. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss a beat. Also, if this was helpful for you, share it with a friend and also you can share it in social media. It helps get the podcast to more and more people. Also, if you want to download my free planning guide, make sure you go to my website, chrisberlingerimd.com. I would love to see you there. I'll see you later. Bye-bye.